Let's turn our Bibles tonight to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 17, 1 Samuel chapter number 17, and certainly uh, we're going to look at a chapter tonight that's one of the most famous, well-known chapters in the Bible, certainly in the Old Testament, and look at a story from a little different angle tonight, uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 17. And it will not take us long to figure out that uh, the character of the uh, sermon tonight, the main character is David. And it's 1 Samuel 17, if you don't recognize it, you recognize it now. We have the uh, story of, the, uh, of that's commonly known as David and Goliath. And I remember as a child at Sunday school growing up in church, one of the first uh, lessons I remember, uh, of course, is David and Goliath. And so... I want us to look at the scripture tonight, and I'm going to be very, very practical. I believe this will be very, very helpful. This will be one of those messages that can help you tonight or or file it away, and it's going to help you uh, in in the rest of your Christian life. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 17, let's begin reading uh, with verse number 32. Before we begin reading, let me, of course, give you a little bit of a background that you probably already know and remember to remind you of. Uh, Of course, the Philistines and Israel... Uh, enemies of each other, and uh, they have assembled at the Valley of Elah. And the Philistines' champion is Goliath, uh, that giant of a man. And uh, he is there boasting of, 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 um, and mocking uh, Israel and their God. And uh, interestingly enough, David is sent there by his father Jesse to take some food and supplies to his brothers. He's, he had three brothers who were there. Uh, with Saul, and uh, to bring them some supplies. And while he was there, uh, he heard the blasphemy from Goliath. He heard the challenge from Goliath. Uh, He heard the boastings from Goliath. And uh, uh, then in verse number 29, a a famous, a well-known verse, uh, and David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Many a message has been preached from that passage of Scripture, and rightfully so. Is there not a cause? Why are we standing here on the sidelines uh, when the enemy is right there and the enemy is cursing our God, the enemy is cursing our nation? Uh, is there, and they were, they were in fear, is there not a cause? And sometimes that cause ought to propel us beyond our fear, uh, beyond our limited, well, we may not win. Uh, well, it, it's not the point. The point is there are some things that demands us to take some action, and certainly the cause of Christ is certainly one of those things. And uh, David, as a young man, is speaking of things that should be done. And we find in verse, let's pick up reading in verse number 31. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. Can you imagine the king? Uh, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't know what to do. He, he's... Truth of the matter is, he should be out there. Uh, he had won battles for them before, but Saul was not right with God, and therefore he did not have the confidence he had when he was right with God. There's a little side note there as well. And uh, he hears, well, there's David down there is talking about what somebody ought to go do. And Saul says, go get him. And in verse number 32, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. David, I like your excitement. 
I like your enthusiasm. But David, I, I, I'm, listen to me. I'm the king. I'm going to keep your mom and dad from burying a son. You're not able to fight this guy. And you, he, you're, just a, you're just a youth. You're just a kid. And he has been fighting battles since he was your age. Verse number 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out, out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. I mentioned this morning the title of my message tonight, and the title of my message tonight is this. You'll never slay a giant if you run from the lion and the bear. You'll never slay a giant if you run from the lion and the bear. David's most famous battle, his most famous victory, was killing the giant. But I submit to you tonight that his most important battle was not the battle with Goliath. His most important battle was with a lion when nobody saw. His most important battle was with a bear when nobody was watching. Long before the giant came, there was a battle with a lion and a bear. And friend, tonight, if you and I run from the battles that God allows to come our way, we'll never slay that giant. We'll never have that victory if we run from the lion and the bear. Father, I pray tonight that you would give me clarity of thought. May the truths be mentioned tonight that you would have mentioned and Father, may uh, this be a help to us. Father, may we realize that our life is just a series of mountaintops and valleys. It's a series of battles, some spiritual, some physical, some uh, small in our mind, but uh, it's the small battles that really give us the victory and the large ones. Father, I pray that you'd help your people tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We know the end of this story. In beginning with verse number 40, I'll, I'll read down through verse number 50 to remind us tonight. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, uh, that then I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistines arose, and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone, and slang it, he was from the south, and smote the Philistine into his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine, and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. This is a battle that David won, of course, through the power of God. But it was such a significant victory. There did, was not just a victory, one man versus another, although David slew Goliath. In that battle, man to man, David was the victor. David would take the sword off of Goliath's body and cut off Goliath's head with his own sword. That's winning a victory. That's leaving no doubt who won the battle. But that, there was more to it than just David living that day and Goliath dying. If we were to read the rest of the passage of, of, of Scripture, the rest of this chapter, we find that when Goliath fell, the courage of the Philistines fell as well. And when David won a victory, the courage of God's people rose, and God's people, the nation of Israel, won a great victory against the enemies of God. There was more to it than just David making it home that day. There was more to it than just David having a great story to tell his grandkids one day. There was so much more to it than the fact that God gave a great victory. This was such a, a big victory for David, that songs were written about this victory. And as legends grow, David killed one man, but the song said he's killed his thousands. He's killed his tens of thousands. This is how big of a victory it was for David. But as I've already mentioned to you tonight, I submit to you that this was not the biggest battle he ever fought although it was the one that was on the public stage. This is his most well-known victory. If you study the life of David, David won a lot of victories. Read the life of David. And even with this, this strange relationship between David and Saul, whenever Saul needed a victory, even though he, he, did like, he, was, he, was, he hated David, he tried to kill David, well, I need to kill me some Philistines, get David out there, David's going to win the victory. Just sometime in your, in your Bible reading a good study, just read all the victories that David won. David was a mighty warrior. But I want us to see something tonight that often gets overlooked. When we get to 1 Samuel 17 and we're reading through Scripture, we know and we get to the point where David, is there not a cause? And then we fast forward to that part where David kills Goliath. In the children's Sunday school or the or the class hour, we focus on David and Goliath, and there's nothing wrong with that. Messages are preached about killing your giant, and how when the giant comes into your life, you can slay the giant, and you can have victory over the giant, and certainly all of that is true, and all of that applies. But I want to look at this from a little bit different angle tonight, because 
there's a lot of young men and young ladies and they grow up into things of God and they say, I want to kill a giant. I want to do something big that brings a victory to God's people. Oftentimes in the life of a Christian, we understand, we know that life brings different circumstances to it. And spiritually speaking, we have an enemy who wants to destroy us. We have an enemy who wants to to harm the people of God. We have an enemy who blasphemes God and and puts doubt on God and, and many times brings fear to us. And sometimes we may say, I want to be the David who is willing to, because there is a cause, step out and make a difference for the cause of Christ. Step out and make a difference in my home, and my family. Step out and make a difference in my church. I want to step out and make a difference in my generation, in my nation. And we have this vision of being the underdog in defeating Goliath. One with just a sling. Defeating the mighty warrior. And if songs are written about us, That's just a bonus. We get a pat on the back. That's just a bonus. We want to kill the giant. We want to slay the giant. But I'm afraid many times in the life of a Christian, there's never a battle at the Valley of Elah. There's never an opportunity to stare down that giant and say, is there not a cause? If nobody else will do it, I'll do it. There's never an opportunity to allow God to use us to inspire others to defeat the enemy. There's never an opportunity for God to do a supernatural work. I believe David was probably pretty good with that sling. But you'll have a hard time believing me that God didn't have a little something extra behind it on that day. It was in the power of God. But I'm afraid in the life of many Christians, there's never an opportunity to be just an instrument in the hand of God. Let's, make, let, let's, let's be clear. David was a special young man. David was a man after God's own heart. David had all of the tools. He had all of the ability that God had wrapped in him, and God placed a special anointing on David. But David was just that day an instrument in the hand of God that God could bring a great victory. Because don't, get, don't let this in a story get lost the fact that David said before he even defeated Goliath that, that today everybody's going to know there's a God in Israel. Everybody's going to know who the Lord God is. It was a battle for the Lord. The reason why there was a victory in that valley, the songs were written about. Children still sit in a Sunday school class with big eyes. Christians use as an inspiration, if David can kill the giant in his life, certainly I can kill the giant in mine. Long before there was the Valley of Elah, there was a lion and there was a bear. And friend, if you run from the lion and you run from the bear, you never have an opportunity to slay the giant. 
You never get to the place in your life for God to do that big miracle. You're never going to have the opportunity for God to use you in a battle, God to use you in a circumstance to bring a victory to His people. Because let's be clear. When any member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church gets a, wins a victory in their life, we win. When any child of God wins a victory, when any child of God is used in the hand of God, we win. Now, I don't know if it does anything to you, but I love reading about what God does in the life of people. It inspires me. It reminds me of the God I serve. And it reminds me that if that, that individual can have victory, I can have, 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 have victory. I love to read of the, the days gone by and men that God have used in a, in a great way that were just ordinary men like we all are, but yet they made themselves available to be used by God. I love to hear the testimonies of God's people, and many of you share, this is what God has done for me, and this is how I've gotten a victory in my life. And, and it's a wonderful thing, and it, it, it inspires all of us to do more for God, and we ought to get excited that God wins a victory. Many times, a Christian is defeated long before they get to the Valley of Elah because they run from the lion and they run from the bear. And part of David convincing Saul that he could, and he was, not just he could, he was going to defeat Goliath, was the fact that he had already killed a lion, and he had already killed a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine was no better than they were. There's such a key and important principle and truth that I want us to focus on tonight, very, 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 very briefly, very, very simply tonight. Christian, don't run from the battles that life brings your way. Don't avoid. There's too many Christians that violate Bible principle to avoid a battle. They, they, they ignore Scripture. They ignore people. They ignore where God has placed them simply because it would be easier just to not fight the lion. I mean, after all, I've got more sheep. Friend, don't, don't run from the lion. Don't run from the bear. And I want you to look at it from this perspective too. I believe God allowed the lion to come. I believe God didn't just allow the bear. I believe God sent the bear. Because God's omniscience knew that there was a valley of Elah. And the day would come when the Philistines would be on one side God's people will be on the other. That mighty giant Goliath would be shouting his threatenings. And shamedly so, God's people would be cowering. But God, even knowing that the people would respond that way, he had a young man after his own heart who he was going to use in a supernatural way. He was not just going to defeat Goliath. He was going to defeat the whole Philistine army. He was going to use that lad to do it. So God knows what many times you and I forget, that you can't just 
show up at the Valley of Elah and be ready to fight a giant. That in preparation for that giant, you're going to have to win some battles leading up to that big battle. And while David is watching over his father's sheep, and I remind you of a conversation his older brother Eliab has with him when he shows up, and I know the pride of your heart, and you're just, you're just here to see the battle, and he mockingly says, who's taking care of the sheep? But, but little did his brother know and understand that it was in the caring of the sheep God had prepared David to win a battle that nobody else could have brought that day. Because it was in the course of David's life, it was in the course of David's responsibility, it was in the course of, of David's routine that God sent a lion. And David would rise to the occasion to battle the lion. It was in the course of him caring for those sheep that could be replaced, let's just be honest, that God sent a bear. And instead of running from the bear, David fought the bear, defeated the bear. And these circumstances were used to bring us to the point where we have David defeating Goliath. Let me mention a few very practical things this, this evening. Number one, let me remind us that duty demands fighting the lion and the bear. Look at verse 34. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. Now, David wasn't keeping his father's sheep because that was the, 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 the best of all, the, all of the responsibilities. That was what was left over. David wasn't keeping his father's sheep because he wanted to. He was keeping his father's sheep because his, his father said, you're keeping the sheep. His brothers were at battle. That's where David would have rather been. But he was fulfilling his father's responsibility. Notice what he says, the servant, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Now, you might can say that lion was just doing what a lion was thought to do, just what a lion does. That bear was acting in a way just that a bear acts. But they did not have permission to take one of those sheep. That was David's responsibility. Now, in the next verse, you see that David doesn't just say, Aw, they got one. I'm glad they got one of the scrawny ones. They always pick off the weakest first. So in reality, I can tell my dad, the flock is healthier and stronger because now we're rid of the runt. No, the Scripture tells us, says he went and chased, chased them down. Because it was his duty to fight the lion and the bear. Don't miss this. David did not go look for the lion. David was watching the sheep. Mom and dad, you may not look for a battle, but if you're carrying, watching the, the sheep that God placed in your home, the lion's going to come to you. As you, spiritually speaking, a pastor in, in, in the church that God places him in, a Sunday school teacher, and, and those that have even new converts and those that they're trying to help, you don't have to go, I don't have to go looking for a battle in, in, in this world. If, if, if I just go about caring for the sheep, the lion's coming. The bear's coming. And in your own personal life, in your walk with God, 
and, and as I preached this morning, the plan that God has for you in the midst of your responsibility. I've often said to God, God, I'm just minding my own business, doing what you've given me to do, and here comes another battle. There are personal battles. There are private battles. Sometimes there's public battles, things that we witness each other having to deal with in our own life, and it is designed for us. But friend, you cannot run. Well, I don't want to deal with I don't want to I don't want to deal with that. And maybe I can just maybe it won't hurt my children that much. You better fight that lion. You better fight that bear. But the first thing I noticed is that his duty demanded it. Is there any surprise that as we look at this perspective, is there any surprise that when David heard Goliath run in his mouth, he was compelled to do something about it? Is there not a cause? When he took the keeping of those sheep, he took that responsibility seriously. In all of our lives, God's going to allow us to fight some battles. He's going to allow us to face the giant like we talk about and we preach about and, and, we, and we use in our, in, in our conversation, well, I pray that you win that battle. I pray that you defeat that giant in your life. Oh, before the giant, in the midst of our responsibility, in the midst of our, the midst of our duty, there's smaller battles that come. And, 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 and we're training many for the ministry. And long before God's ever going to place you in the ministry, you better, do, you better defeat that lion, whatever it is. You better be willing to fight that bear. Mom and Dad, when they're, when they're babies and they're in that nursery, you better, you better be ready. Well, anybody comes and wants to steal the purity of my children, they want to, we want to defeat my kids and, and jerk them out of the things of God, I'm going to fight them. I pray that you will and I understand your sincerity. But the first thing that's going to come is not a giant, it's that lion. It's the bear. And in the midst of our duty, in the midst of our responsibility, we fight the lion. We must fight the bear. Why did David do that? Because God was preparing him for something bigger. And we have a duty and responsibility that God places us in. And, and took. I can almost hear David as he tells us, and would you... Who do they think they were taking a lamb out of my flock? This is my duty. This is my responsibility. It would be good for us to take ownership again. I don't care what their last name is. Who do you think you are trying to get my children to do something different than they've been taught? Who do you think you are blaspheming my God? Who, who do you think you are? I, I, I take exception to, 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 I mean, this is, I mean, figuratively speaking and certainly uh, scripturally uh, application, uh, as the pastor, this is the flock that God has given me. I, I, I take exception to somebody trying to harm part of this flock. But many times we don't want to fight the lion, we don't want to fight the bear because we think it's an insignificant battle and we fail to understand that there's some, I'll survive it, but there's a greater battle we have to fight. Then the next observation I see, look at verse 35, and I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. I, I get a little bit of humor out of verse 35, you'll have to forgive me. 
I just I have a I have a imagination. I can I see this playing out. David's minding his own business, playing his harp. He's writing a psalm. And here comes the lion, here comes the bear, and they take one of his sheep. And David, he doesn't say it kind of like this, but some of you can relate. No, he didn't. He puts down his harp, and he checked. I mean, I don't know how fast the lion was running. I don't know how fast the bear was running, but he chased them down. You know, that's probably not what you're supposed to do if you encounter wildlife. He chases them down, and he smote him, but didn't kill him. He smacked him hard enough that he let go of the sheep. Now, that was good enough for David. David was going to like, I hope you learned your lesson. I'm taking the sheep back. But no, then he rose up at me. I was okay just letting him go on his, his way and living another day. But then he rose up on me, and I had to kill him. Then I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Just an interesting observation. I find that David killed Goliath with a sling and a stone. And sometimes we say, well, he, he protected his sheep. That's not how he killed those, this lion and this bear. He grabbed that wild animal by his beard and smote him. Now, this is not the young man you want to bully on the playground. He was ruddy, he was red-headed, he was fair-skinned. I picture him a little bit short and scrawny, but he had killed a lion and a bear on his resume. But this is the second truth I want us to see. Running from a lion and a bear really is not an option because there's life at stake for somebody. A lot of times we weigh whether or not I want to fight this battle that God's brought my way based on how it directly impacts me. David would not have put himself at risk by letting the lion have one of his sheep. He was not at risk that he knew of to let the bear have a sheep. But it was his responsibility to watch the sheep. Well, I, it's not that big a deal. It was to the sheep. Well, it could be replaced, not to the sheep. And we can make an application that brings much greater implications in the life of a sheep. Somebody is going to survive or not based on whether or not you and I fight the battles that God brings our way. No doubt we all fight spiritual battles. And spiritual battles are hard. Getting victory in a spiritual manner, you have to have God's help. Paul writes in the New Testament, endure hardness as a good soldier. Enduring hardness is hard. 
it's not easy. Protecting those, fighting the battles that seem like they're not going to, if I just, I can just ignore it and it's not going to cost me anything, it's going to cost somebody something. I've witnessed it through the years, mom and dad, you can see a battle coming, you can see that lion coming, you can see that bear comes. Well, you know, it's just, it's not something I really want to deal with and before long they lose. Battle, you're going to, you're going to have to fight it at some point. I, I, I mean, I'm not a forest ranger. I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't know a lot about wildlife and all those kind of things. But I just, you know, I am pretty logical. That if a lion comes one time and gets a meal, he's going to remember where he got that. He's going to come back again. And just maybe there might be a time when those sheep don't fill him up. And I am at risk. See, running from your lion or your bear is not an option because somebody is at stake. And with urgency, he went after him, smote him, delivered out of his mouth, and then caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. A third observation I make is this. We see in verse 36 and 37, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and in this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And David said unto David, and Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Um, facing the lion and the bear gave confidence in facing the giant. When the giant was there, when Goliath was boasting, when Goliath was blaspheming, you don't find any indecision in David. Then when he's pressed by Saul, saying, how in the world? What are you thinking? You're but a youth. He's been a soldier. He's been a warrior from his youth. You can't defeat him. David instantly says, let me tell you why I can, because I've defeated a lion, I've defeated a bear. He's no different. He had confidence because he had won victories with something at stake. That he would win this victory. There's many times a lot of Christians, they don't grow in their faith because say, well, we just have to avoid certain things. We, 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 we don't want to ruffle any feathers over here. But friend, when a battle comes your way, it is God sending a lion. It is God allowing a bear. Yes, there's a life at stake. But there's a greater battle down the line that God wants to prepare you for, mom and dad. There's a greater battle down the line that God wants to prepare you, church. And God wanted to know, if I put David on that stage with that giant, is David going to be prepared and be ready to face that giant and be used by me to defeat him and bring a great victory so that I have confidence in him, I've got to send the lion. I've got to allow the bear and to see how he responds to that. Many Christians sit back and say, I don't know why God's not using me. I don't know why God doesn't do more for me. I just seem like there's no power in my prayers. And you've been running from the lion. You've been running from the bear. You won't deal with the things that God has sent your way. You have to face the lion and the bear before you defeat the giant. You can have confidence. I look back on my life and I thank God for the battles he sent my way. I didn't at the time. 
But now there's some things that come, and I'm just like, oh, whatever. And I don't say that flippantly, but because there, I have confidence that with God as my helper, that a battle can be won. This church should not be in the slightest afraid and, and cower down at what takes place in this world because we have history on our side of a God who does great things. We have a God who brings great victory. And so when a giant is there, okay, God, you can send us. You can trust us. You can put us on the stage. You can allow us to bring a victory because we were willing to fight the lion. We were willing to fight the bear. We were not going to let one lamb perish because there was a battle worth fighting. I hope this makes sense. There's a lot of confidence you can have in what you face in the future if you'll fight the battle God sends your way now. But you got to be willing to fight the lion. And we have in, 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 in manhood in our nation, period, is lacking. And it's been, it's been demonized. Toxic masculinity. Men, let me let me help all of us tonight. If you're if you're if you're a man and somebody says, "Well, you're just you have toxic masculinity," let me tell you how to respond to that. Thank you very much. Can you say it one more time? It is music to my ears. You know, we need some masculinity and some manhood. I mean, I've, I've been called a lot of things, but I've never been called a coward. I've never been called a traitor to the gospel. And I've never been called a, a, a pansy that lets somebody run my house. I don't know where that came from, but that felt good. The point I'm making is Christianity has been feminized as well. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to fight any battles. Read that book. You've got to be willing to fight the life. But I want. I want this world to see how God would use us. Why? Why will God? God there's no. There's no victory. God. Well, no. God sends a lion. God sends a bear. But many times Christians run from the lion. Run from the bear. Instead of saying, "I've been given a duty and a responsibility to protect these sheep." And I'm going to protect these sheep. Number four, the battle was already over before David got to Valley of Elah. When David got there, the battle was already over, but nobody knew it. Goliath, and we read the scripture, oh, he's running his mouth. Am I a dog? Uh, the battle was over. He was dead. He just hadn't taken his last breath yet. The Philistines were defeated. They just hadn't realized it yet. God was getting the victory. Nobody knew it. The battle was over. When David stepped out from amongst the crowd and faced the giant, it was all ready over. 
The battle was over in verse number 40 when David went to that brook and he grabbed five stones. The battle was already over. Pastor, we know the end of the story. We know that. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is because he has slain the lion, because he has slain the bear, he had confidence in God that this giant was no different than the lion and the bear. And God was going to use that young man that day in a great way because he didn't run from the lion. He didn't run from the bear. I wonder what victories are already won in the life of a Christian. Because when nobody was watching, they didn't run from what God sent their way. When nobody, there was no stage, if you will, for anybody to observe and see. They didn't get the attitude and the mindset so many Christians get today. But this just isn't fair. I'm out here watching sheep, and why would God let a bear come and take one of these sheep? It's got to be the pastor's fault. It's got to be the way my parents, reared, my parents reared me and put me out here. It, it made, me, made me vulnerable to, to bears and lions. And can you believe this? You say, what do they do next? Well, then they go start a blog and this and that. Oh, can you, can you, I can't believe it. No, God might have put you in a pasture with some responsibility and put you in some danger to show you that with God as your helper, you don't have to be afraid of that lion. You don't have to be afraid of that bear because God is greater. And if you and I would accept the responsibility that comes with, are you ready? That comes with life. The responsibility that comes with what God allows us to shepherd and say, this is my duty, my responsibility, and a lion is going to come. A bear is going to come. Don't run from the danger. Don't run from the battle. With God as your helper, defeat it. There's a lot of Christians that are etched in history who were as common as common could be. They didn't know what God was going to use them to do. But now their names are legendary as far as missions goes. How did that happen? Because when nobody was watching, they let God use them to win a victory. They said, well, this is what God has for me, and a lion's going to take me out. He's going to have a fight on his hands, but I'm not letting him take that sheep. The bear's not taking what God's entrusted with me. And friend, you and I can slay the giant by the power of God. Pastor, there's, there's some things that I just don't think that I can win a victory in. You might not be able to now. But when nobody's watching... 
Nobody's paying, paying attention. Sometimes Christians have a hard time with this because it seems like everybody's in the battle for the Lord, and yet God's got me out here just watching some dumb sheep. What you don't know is God might be preparing you to be the one who stands between the living and the dead as far as your own family's concerned. As far as somebody who nobody cares about is concerned. Grandparents, even as maybe your own grandchildren. But you got to be willing to take that which God gives you now and fulfill the responsibility that God has given you in your own life. Every Christian here has a responsibility to grow as a Christian. Every Christian here has a responsibility to spend time with God. Every Christian here has a responsibility to become more like Christ. Every Christian here has a responsibility to, to stand on the Word of God and be willing to you, ought to... you ought to fight for your home. You ought to fight for your marriage. You ought to fight for that which God has entrusted with you. And you say, well, where are they at? Let me show them. No, let me tell you where the real battle is. The real battle is on your knees in your prayer closet and through the power of God. Let me tell you where the real battle is. You just stand and, as I preached this morning, you just don't quit. You just, you just show up and let God do what God will do through you and with you. And we ought to just say, this is what God has given me. I don't want, I don't, I'm not in the mood to fight a lion today. Are you ever in the mood? But I'm not letting him take one of those sheep. You can, def you can slay the giant. I say this, and I make this application, and I'll be done. Everybody in here is going to face a giant. The giant that I have to face is going to be different than the giant you have to face. And I wish we would, we would look at it this way. When a Christian is defeated, it's a loss for all of us. That's why you and I should never have the attitude, well, they got what they're coming. We, we ought, we, it ought to grieve us. We ought to pray for them. We ought to help. We ought to assist. We ought, we ought to search our own soul. Did I pray enough for them? Did I help them enough? Was I the right kind of example? Because it's about the cause of Christ. What God has entrusted you with, let me challenge you tonight, guard it. Because you don't know God just might use you in the future. It might be your prayers that touch the throne of God that brings a great victory for God's people. It might be somebody... You open your Bible and share the gospel with that God raises up and uses in a great way. It might be that little boy, that little girl that's in your Sunday school class right now. And oh, every Sunday school teacher, you got to realize part of your responsibility is not just teaching that lesson, but throughout the week and daily, you pray for those that God's entrusted you with. And oh, as we get our buses and these come out, and they don't have a Christian home, and they don't have, they go out in this world in these, in, in, in these godless schools, and, and the devil is just, is just giving access to them. Oh, there's got to be somebody that says, 
you know, I'm not going to let the lion have a sheep without a fight. And through prayer and through, and, and, through, and through standing with them and caring about them, we all have a flock, if you will, that God has given us. Let's be willing to fight the little battles so that we're not defeated in the big battles. Father, I pray to you.